and welcome to another edition of Logical, the legal podcast from the Dubai-based law firm HPL, Yamalava and Pleska. Logical is still the Gulf region's first and only legal podcast. Now, I'm Tim Elliott, socially distanced on the 18th floor at Dubai's JLT, Jumeirah Lakes Towers, at the firm's offices with the managing partner, Ludmilla Yamalova. Good to see you. Great to see you too, Tim. In this edition of Logical, it's a complaint that is, I'm guessing, familiar to many here in Dubai and the UAE, a complaint over gym memberships. It doesn't sound like much, but there is a story here. And let me explain. Now, because of coronavirus, the health and fitness sector, in particular gyms, uh, were hit badly. Now, most gyms were closed down by the government as soon as lockdown happened back in March. Uh, and it was some months before they were permitted to reopen and reopen in a limited uh, capacity fashion as well. Now, it's standards in many cases for people to pay for their gym membership in advance for perhaps six months or even a year. There are often discounts or incentives for longer term subscriptions, which is fine. However, You've been following Ludmilla, a recent judgment where the claimant filed a case against his gym for a reimbursement of membership fees. Now, in this case, this was for an annual membership. He renewed it in February 2020, so just before lockdown, something he really couldn't have foreseen. Clearly, nobody could. So what happened from there on in? Well... The gym closed or was forced to close shortly thereafter, after the uh, uh, the claimant fought, or actually paid the gym membership um, for a year ahead. And it was obviously forced to close because of the pandemic. Uh, then the claimant requested a refund of uh, his gym membership fee, especially since he had paid for the whole year and he had only gotten maybe a few weeks into the, into the year. Uh, and the gym refused. And the gym refused on the grounds that while they were hit by the pandemic and they were forced to close down, it was not of their own choosing. And therefore, uh, they were not going to refund him the funds and had the, um, uh, the sort of legal right to retain his funds. So, I mean, that's um, as, as simple as that. Uh, and uh, as simple as it is, it's actually a situation that seems to have happened to a lot of people in uh, in the UAE and in the wake of the pandemic. Uh, a lot of gyms uh, took the same stance. A lot of their members had paid in advance and then felt that, obviously, they, they not felt, but they couldn't use the gym and the gyms refused to refund the amounts on the ground or relying on as uh, on the pandemic as sort of the excuse of of not being able to operate and therefore legally not having to refund. Okay, so the gym argued that they suffered substantial losses uh, in this case, but the claimant won because he simply couldn't benefit from a membership for which he had paid. So does this then amount to, in I guess at its most simple level, uh, the breaking of a contract? If you put coronavirus aside, this decision simply affirms that a claimant didn't get what he paid for. Well, absolutely. So in this case, uh, the the claimant obviously took this issue quite uh, to heart because Clearly. the gym membership was not substantial. It was, uh, I think it was two thousand dirhams, but mm-hmm. obviously it was a it was an important issue that he decided to uh, to see through and litigate. So it wasn't a question of money; it was a question of uh, value. Right. And so. 
the gym the gym argued in, in defense that as you said that they had suffered substantially because of the pandemic and therefore that was their defense to not have to refund the amounts however the courts held that well while they sympathized with the gym for having obviously financially suffered as so many other businesses did that their financial suffering did not quite uh, sort of correlate or, or did not give them the right to keep the membership dues uh, for something that they did not provide. Uh, so the court reasoned that uh, membership dues are obviously paid, especially when they're paid you know, so far in advance, they're paid for the benefit, the benefit of using the gym and using those uh, and, and those services um, that come with the membership. In this particular case, the gym obviously did not provide those services. The reason for why they were not going to provide, they were not able to provide them, is, uh, is irrelevant with regards to this claimant's request for refund. Uh, but at the end, they, uh, since the gym closed its doors and was not able to provide the service for which the claimant had paid, therefore there was no consideration and there was, and then you, you have to have the mutuality of, of obligations. And that is, if the member pays the fees, the gym has to do something in exchange. And since they did not do that in exchange, then they had to refund. Uh, the amount because otherwise it'd be unwarranted for them to keep the amount. Uh, the court did, however, uh, ha- held that, um, uh, the one month of membership um, before the gym closed um, was uh, it was it was warranted for the gym to subtract that because at that point in time for those three weeks or so the claimant did have the benefit or at least could have had the benefit of the gym and therefore it was not warranted for uh, for the gym to refund the entire amount uh, but anything uh, after the time they closed their doors uh, was refundable. Okay, so that that seems reasonable, but wouldn't it have been sensible for the defendant, the gym in this case, to just have offered a new 11-month contract from the date that they were allowed to reopen? That would have avoided a whole world of toing and froing legally. Well, absolutely. There could have been a number of other options uh, and uh, settlement and compromise that offered and, and perhaps at least discussed with the members. And I, I would, uh, I would guess that in this particular case, that perhaps was exactly the reason why the claimant took it as far as he did and filed the case in court is because he felt that the gym was unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know the specific details, but based on the experience of so many other people we know who found themselves in very similar situations, in most cases, the gyms just closed their doors and they didn't really negotiate or or offer any other alternatives to their members, but rather took a stance that, well, you are hurting, but so are we. We are hurting and therefore... We're not required to pay you because we're hurting, but that's not a proper legal theory. Uh, So what they could have done is they could have offered other packages. Many gyms went on Zoom. And, uh, for example, mm. and they could have offered at least that, uh, they could have offered to, as you said, to, uh, defer payments until you, know, until after or, or for the membership to, uh, to be extended for the period during which, um, um, the, so the, the gym was closed and perhaps the membership to start later or to last uh, longer, or perhaps offer some other additional benefits once the gym is open. So there could have been a number of things that the gym could have, uh, could have done. And perhaps some have done that. Some um, at least personal trainers we know have done that. Uh, it's not so to say that the client or the claimant would have necessarily accepted or had the obligation to accept, uh, but you can see how it would have provided for a very different discussion <clears throat> with regards to the court uh, if 
the gym could have shown that we provided, we offered all these benefits. And in fact, we were, we offered, let's say the Zoom services and they were available and many of our other members avail themselves of these services. And then they felt that those services, while they don't necessarily translate to a physical experience, that they come close enough uh, to at least justify retaining some portion of the membership. Uh, so I'd say if, if there were that kind of dialogue, then perhaps uh, the claimant or the claimant would not have either filed the case or the court would not have necessarily cited with the claimant the way um, that it did. Uh, but from experience in most cases, and perhaps uh, just to be to be objective, it was not surprising. So many businesses were so taken aback because it was such a big blow when they were forced to close, especially businesses like gyms uh, that generally operate on physical experiences, mm. uh, that uh, you know, perhaps as a panic and as a result of this, if they just didn't want to, they just, they didn't feel that there was justification for them to re- return. It could have also been just because so many other gyms, and then we, so that's also one of the theories, that so many gyms actually kind of run at a loss anyway. And so for them to, you know, they rely on any, on any membership and they just thought, well, we run at a loss anyway, so we just, we're not in a position to refund money because we already spent it or we don't have money to refund. I mean, there could have been a number of reasons, but, um, it's um, it, it probably could have been handled differently. And as we see now, there's a lot of the gyms reopened and a lot of these, uh, a lot of sort of experiences are being offered in different format and uh, people have kind of adapted to that environment as well. So I would, um, I would say that if things had been handled differently, maybe wouldn't have gotten as far. I would agree. I mean, it's almost trivial in terms of the amount and it's a gym membership you know what gives really but the the point is that this it's such a prevalent story social media is awash with stories about gyms not honoring commitments whether it's covid or or not covid it's just something that seems to uh crop up so regularly um it interests me because if the gym had uh suffered such substantial losses as part of COVID and didn't look for a way to defer payment or offer something uh, alternative in return. How could they have taken this to court and shown uh, reasonable evidence to support their cause? Is there any way of doing that? Well, I mean, they, they, I guess they could have, but I would say in this particular case, I would guess, because as you said, if it's, if it's a, mem- if it's a matter of 2000 dirhams, then I, I cannot see how the gym justified actually having to yeah. litigate this case in yeah. court versus just paying the 2000 or 3000 or refunding it to the member. But I would speculate perhaps there are many more that were either filing these cases and so they wanted to set a precedent right. because they felt that if they give to one, they will have to refund to others. Uh, but at the end, from a practical standpoint and from experience, I perhaps would uh, theorize that um, or speculate that the gym was just not doing well financially and they were just not in the position to refund money uh, under those circumstances or any other circumstances. Right. Uh, so for them to offer anything, perhaps they were going to close their doors anyway. And so for them to offer anything, anything else was perhaps not practical because they weren't going to be around for very long. So that's also an explanation that, that is reasonable given how many gyms actually did close. Uh, and uh, perhaps they already, and you know, if, if you read the messages from a lot of these fitness centers that did close, 
they often, there's a sort of a message of, yeah, they had been struggling for a while and even before the pandemic. So perhaps this is why for this particular gym, either they didn't have the ability to compensate or they just didn't feel that, uh, you, that it was fair because they were suffering so much because of the pandemic. Yeah, and it was a sense that was hit very hard, but it became obviously a point of principle for the claimant. Yes, and um, and because it's been such a sore point for so many people we know, mm. uh, we just thought it was uh, interesting to actually see that somebody uh, took such a I- interest in this matter that actually took it to court because this is based on an actual court decision by Dubai courts that was just decided last week. And um, obviously this was uh, perhaps a representation of how so many other people feel. Uh, so, well, a simple matter, but obviously one that was very close to this person's heart, and um, and the courts will. It also it shows you what what cases courts litigate and decide. So the courts took it; they didn't throw it out, mm. and they issued judgment in the favor of this claimant. And because the judgment is for such a small amount, actually, it cannot be appealed because anything according right. to the new procedural rules, anything below 50,000 dirhams is not subject to be appealed. So in this case, this is the final judgment. And perhaps this will be used as an example for other gyms uh, to, uh, to factor in, in in deciding how they wish to treat their members. Final question. What would you say to anyone who might have paid for something like a, a gym membership, as an example, uh, in advance, just as lockdown happened, and perhaps put off uh, by a refusal to offer uh, a refund? What steps can or maybe should uh, a person take if they feel they've been treated unfairly? Well, this is more of a practical advice. I would say negotiate. Negotiate something else. Uh, Negotiate perhaps an extended membership or additional benefits uh, because you know, what are your options? Your options are either go to court and, and pursue the same legal battle as the claimant in this particular case did, uh, which requires a lot of dedication and resources and time. Uh, so that's one option. The other option, you just give up and you just walk away. So what's in between? The in between is, well, negotiate and see what else you can negotiate that's a part that's short of one or the other scenario. And um, as long as you had interest in the gym once upon a time, presumably <laughs> there is still reason for you to still be part of the of the membership. And now that the gyms are back online, although it's a lot harder for them to function because of the social distancing requirement, um, they are around. So I would say just figure out an alternative arrangement uh, that is sort of somewhere in the middle. That's another episode of Logical, the perennial question of whether or not to pay for a gym membership in advance. I'd say if it's a New Year's resolution, think before you spend. However, in this case, a quite different result. As ever, today, our legal expert here on Logical was Ludmilla Yamalova, managing partner here at Yamalova and Plethka. Uh, Thank you very much for your expertise. Thank you, Tim. If you have a legal question you'd like answered in a future episode of Logical, or if you'd like a consultation with a qualified UAE experienced legal professional, you can now WhatsApp us directly. Here's the number 00971 525611. Or just head to lylawyers.com and click the contact button.